Some very famous words from one of our readings from Luke 2. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I wonder if you've ever heard of a man called John Anglicus. John Anglicus was a a 9th century Englishman who travelled to Rome and became a cardinal. And when Pope Leo died in 853 AD, he was unanimously elected Pope to take his place. As Pope John VIII, he ruled for two years until 855. However, one day while he was riding from St. Peter's on an Episcopal mission, he had to stop by the side of the road. And to the general astonishment of everyone in the party, he gave birth to a child. It turned out that Pope John was actually a woman. And it wasn't Pope John at all, it became Pope Joan. Now, according to the story, Pope Joan was then sent to a faraway convent to repent of her sins, whilst the child she bore grew up to become the Bishop of Ostia. I wonder if you believe that. Uh, For hundreds of years, many people did believe it, though scholars now say it was all a fabrication. Well, who knows? But there are often occasions, aren't there, when you hear something and ask, can that really be true? Is that really the case? Many of us, I've no doubt, watched the television program, Would I Lie to You? It's one of our favourites in the family. It consists of various celebrities reading out things they're supposed to have done or that are supposed to have happened to them. And the other team has to guess whether it's true or a lie. And you can hear the most ridiculous stories and have no idea whether they're true or false. It plays terrible tricks with your imagination, actually, because the more outrageous it is, the more likely you think it is to have been true. Like the time when Michael McIntyre, for two weeks, drove a car that could only turn left. Or when the Scottish comedian Kevin Bridges brought a horse in Bulgaria by mistake. Or when Frank Skinner, whilst on holiday, was taken ill and had to be taken to hospital in an ice cream van. And then there was David O'Doherty trying to persuade everyone that he was seeing a hypnotherapist to get over his addiction to hypnotherapy. Now, at least two of those stories are true. I wonder if you can guess which ones. Now, the Christmas story can seem a little bit like that. Many people have found themselves asking, did it really happen? Did God really become man that first Christmas? Was the baby Jesus really the creator of the entire universe? Did the Son of God really leave the throne of heaven and take on human form, born in a cow shed? Well, just from those few words of Luke, I just want to note three things. First of all, yes, it is a true story. Luke's gospel, by any definition, is a careful, measured and honest attempt to get at the truth. He begins his gospel by saying this, effectively. He said, you've heard a lot about this man, Jesus Christ. There have been all sorts of rumors flying around. So I've done some detailed research. I've interviewed all the eyewitnesses. I've studied the evidence. And I can assure you that this is what actually happened. This certainly happened. And here in chapter 2, he tells us about the birth of Jesus Christ. He tells us when it happened. When Quirinius was governor of Syria. When Augustus was on the Roman throne. He tells us where it happened in the town of David, Bethlehem. He tells us who it happened to, to Mary and Joseph, 
Just in case we're not sure who they are, he gives us their family tree. And in the story itself, he gives various signs to prove that it's all true. Now, this man has done his homework. He is in no doubt about the truth of what he is telling us. This really happened. The Bible is quite unequivocal. At that moment, history and the history story of our world changed forever. It's a true story. So what happened? Well, he tells us secondly about a tiny saviour. A saviour has been born to you who is Christ the Lord. This child, this tiny little baby, is God. And because he is God, he will be, says Luke, the saviour of the world. And he's come for all people. He's come for everyone. You, me, everyone who's ever lived, everyone who will ever live. And he has come to rescue us, to save us, so we can be forgiven. Now, I wonder if you ever thought just how extraordinary this event really is, that God becomes one of us, that God takes on human flesh. Do you realize that this son of God, week six, was the size of an apple pip? Week seven, no bigger than a small grape. Week eight, an average-sized strawberry. And yet he grows to become the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit becomes flesh. The eternal enters time. The all-powerful becomes as vulnerable as a tiny little baby. He becomes just like us. So when he was cut, he bled. When he was hit, he bruised. He wept, he sweated, just like us. Isn't that extraordinary? He He that made man was made man. If we want to know what God is like, then we look into the face of Jesus a tiny saviour. So why did he come in this way? Because he came to save us, to rescue us, so that we might know the wonder of eternal life, that we might live forever with him in heaven. See, without him, it would never have been possible. But because of what he did, we have been rescued, we've been saved by his death on the cross. The tiny saviour who came to rescue every single one of us. Which leads thirdly to the timeless song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you notice how much in the story there is about praising God? The shepherds came and they saw the baby and they went home praising God. This story ends with the angels praising God because what they'd seen and what they'd witnessed was so unbelievably extraordinary that they had to sing. They had to praise. They had to give expression to the wonder that they felt. And of course, that's what we're doing today, isn't it? And for exactly the same reason. Because what happened that first Christmas evening was of eternal significance. It is just as important for us as it was for them. That's why we're here tonight, to sing his praises. It is a true story about a timeless, a tiny saviour, which leads to that timeless song. But there is a sting in the tale, and I wonder if you noticed. Hear again what the angels sang. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favor rests. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. In other words, not peace to all in some strange way. It's peace to those on whom his favor rests. So what is he saying? What are they saying? He's saying there is a condition. That God sent his son into the world to be our saviour. 
This tiny baby was sent to give hope, the hope of eternity to our world. And yet it is a hope that many people reject and spurn. You see, this peace, this forgiveness, this hope requires our response, our commitment. And it's only as we respond that God's favor comes to rest upon us. And all that that little baby came to do becomes real for us. So will you place your trust in him? It's one thing to sing the carols, isn't it? It's another thing to live the life and truly to trust in Christ. And yet if what we've been singing tonight is true, he asks each one of us to trust him, to give him our commitment. Well, will you give him that? Just two things can I mention to you as I close. First of all, I'd love to give you a booklet at the end. Christmas in three words. I wonder how you describe Christmas in three words. Marks and Spencers, eating too much. Morecambe and Wise, filling a stocking. The Queen's Speech, last-minute shopping. I don't know, whatever you do. But there are three words in here which will explain the wonder of the Christmas message to you. I've got plenty of copies at the back. I'd love to give you one afterwards if you're able to read it. But the second thing is I'd like to give you an invitation to come and join us at one of our courses, Christianity Explored. We're starting another one in the new year. We have a dinner on the 17th of January, and the course proper starts on the 31st. Well, we'd love to invite everyone to come and join us at that dinner. It'll be free. You'll hear about the course, and you'll hear a little bit about why it is such a life-changing opportunity. Christianity Explored, the dinner on the 17th of January. Love to give you an invitation for that as well afterwards, if you've got time. You see, what was going on here is so extraordinary so revolutionary, so unique, that not one of us can ignore it. Because if we ignore it, one day we will eternally regret that. Why don't we take the opportunity this Christmas of finding out a little bit more to take the booklet, take an invitation, and learn more about this little tiny saviour. Before we sing our final carol, I want to just say a little prayer for us, and then we'll sing again. Let's pray. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Heavenly Father, it hardly seems possible that that little tiny baby was sent to save the world. And yet we believe that he was and is God. And he has come to save each one of us. And I pray you'd help each one of us to understand that, respond to it, to trust in him and know the wonder of what it means to be rescued, forgiven and given the promise of eternity for his name's sake. Amen.